0: During this season at Messiah Lutheran, we've been hearing about the lesser-known persons of our Savior's Passion. In a devotion this morning, we hear one of the most well-known persons of our Savior's Passion, and that is Peter. We read in Luke 22, verses 55 to 62, when they had kindled a fire in the, middle of the, in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them, and a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light. And looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. As we consider this event, we see Peter's life falling apart. It's like seeing a crack in a foundation slowly spread until the whole house falls to its ruin. It's sad to see. From a crack to complete collapse. The Sermon girl is the first to reveal the crack. She sees Jesus and says, This man also was with him. Peter denies and says, Woman, I do not know him. I'm not with Peter, with Jesus. A crack starts in the foundation. He denies knowing his Lord. When your relationship with Jesus is broken, it doesn't take long for everything else to fall apart. Sometime later, we move to Peter's relationship with Jesus, and now his disciples. Someone says, You also are one of them. And Peter says, Man, I am not. Peter again denies knowing Jesus by saying, I'm not one of the twelve. The crack gets wider. And then someone offers this bigger picture. He says, surely this fellow also is with him, for he is a Galilean. So we move from Peter with Jesus, Peter with the disciples. Now the entire ministry of Jesus in Galilee is at stake. And Peter responds, man, I do not know what you are talking about. As you said, when your relationship with Jesus is broken... It doesn't take long for everything to collapse. Peter then hears the rooster. He sees Jesus being taken from one trial to another. He remembers his words of warning. Jesus, Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. He had boldly, vehemently said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll go to prison. I'll go death to death for you and yet he did not even know Jesus. This is indeed a moment of self-revelation, painful, spiritual self-evaluation. By ourselves, we are now not able to follow Jesus, for we know that our salvation does not depend upon what we do for Jesus. It never has been, it never will be, If we ever rely upon our own strength rather than Jesus, we've moved into that place of denial. That's really what makes a denial. It's not the drama of having other people question us about Jesus. It's our relationship with Jesus. Whenever we rely on our own strength instead of Jesus, A crack shows up in our foundation of faith. We enter into a place of denial. So think about our places of denial. They may not be as dramatic as Peter's, but they're still there. Maybe we think about our place of honor in our congregation. I've been a member since baptism. I'm confirmed. I have Christian parents, come from a Christian family. Satan likes us to think that I go to church every Sunday, go to chapel, land services, went to Christian day school, Christian high school, Christian college. I read my Bible. And leads us to think that because of all that we do, because of our faith, we are strong. Look at Peter in the garden. He first boldly struck out with a sword, then he fled in fear. So we too may be a bit bolder in our witness. We speak out about our disgust on this, about the world's sinful lifestyles. Maybe we speak up a class about spiritual matters, all the time ignoring the crack in our faith's foundation because we're relying upon ourselves and our faith, rather than Jesus. There are many ways of denial. You deny Jesus by saying you never knew him, clearly, emphatically, in the midst of a courtyard, like saying you believe in Jesus and you, believe, and you love Jesus, and then mistreating, ridiculing, abusing your fellow classmates and not loving them as you profess to love Jesus. Or you can deny Jesus by saying you love him emphatically, loudly, self-righteously, but all the while forgetting that it's his work in your life, not your work for him. You look like a Christian, you act like a Christian, you do all the things a Christian does, there's a crack in your foundation. You're relying upon your own power, your own achievement, your own faith, and there's a crack between you and Jesus, and soon the foundation will collapse. Thankfully, the Lord, through his word, leads us to realize that we can't follow Jesus in the prison. We can't follow Jesus in death on our own. We're led to see that we're weak, that we're sinful, that all we can do is confess our sins and realize that we can't set ourselves free. But in the midst of our failures, Jesus is and remains the one who takes away our sins. Our forgiveness, our salvation, does not depend on how much we can do and bear for Jesus, but on what Jesus did Is born for us. In the face of Peter's denial of Jesus, Jesus did not deny Peter, but continues to be his Lord and Savior. While Peter goes out to weep bitterly, Jesus goes on to suffer and die for his disciple who is weeping. It's his work, his love, his mercy. His sacrifice that saves us, forgives our sins, gives us strength. He said, Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. And Jesus knows you and me far better than we know ourselves. He sees our denial. He sees our sins. And yet he continues to love us. And go to the cross. We're not saved by giving up our lives for Jesus. We're saved by Jesus giving up his life for us. When Peter is caught in the act of denial, Jesus continues in his act of love for Peter. And Jesus comes to us in the most embarrassing and awkward of moments. He doesn't wait until we got it all together. We've overcome our temptations. We've fought our demons. We've conquered our sins, achieved our goals. He comes to us when we're struggling, when we're drowning, when we're flailing. He comes to us to confess our sins, our failures, our denials. He comes to us to assure us, by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Jesus and his word is a one firm foundation in our life. And Jesus comes to us with a love that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and throughout every one of our tomorrows. Time passes, and our life changes. We go from youth adulthood, from school to work, from work to recreation, from a garden to a courtyard. And wherever we are, Jesus' love never changes. In every place, Jesus remains the same. He's the one who forgives our sins and saves our souls. And even, even at the end of our life, we're dead and buried and raised from the dead, we'll find out that Jesus is still the same. He's the one who died on the cross for us. He's the one who rose from the dead for us. In those times when we are faced with a painful self-revelation of our own sinfulness and of our own denials, may we, like Peter, turn to Jesus, look to our Savior. Nothing can remove us from his loving arms. He died for us. Trust in him. Trust in his love. Live in his word. Pray in his name. And know that he will never, ever, deny you. The certainty of our salvation, through Jesus, may we as blood-bought, redeemed, Believers in Christ, ever reach out to those around us to bring to them that same message that is so greatly needed of our Savior's redeeming love. Amen. Let's sing hymn 179.